With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is the perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. So thank you once again for coming to Bars Logic Political Talk, part of the growing conservative conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Uh, tonight, of course, we have another exciting show. Uh, talk about the uh, epics of today, and yes, epics. I've met that. <laughs> So, of, of course, a lot going on. The investigation still trudging on. Uh, but tonight we're going to be talking mostly uh, about Mueller. We have some other topics and other parts of the discussion we're going to speak of tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about the almost unfettered power uh, that he's been given in this uh, situation, in this so-called investigation of the Russian collusion. Frankly, uh, we're getting tired of talking about it, but talk about it as we may, uh, because unfortunately this is something that uh, needs to be addressed because what is underlying uh, what's going on here, uh, not only is this, I think, a way to uh, disrupt the 2018, but even more sinister than that. Remember, folks, uh, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, is one of the you know uh, first non-career uh, politicians to become president for quite some time, or at least not have ever held office uh, before. And I think the, the powers that be, the globalists, uh, do not want to see him and thus do not want to see the American people who duly elected Donald Trump as the president uh, to be successful. And so tonight we are going to expose some information about Mueller that you may or may not have known. Uh, but also that's one of the reasons why, uh, if you heard it first here on the show tonight, uh, some of the things we'll talk about, or even if not, uh, definitely share out our links uh, for folks. Uh, you could also, as I have here, you see the link to all the podcasts uh, for, from Bard's Logic that you could download free from iTunes. And tonight, uh, we also already got some callers in there. Give a one on your number dial. And if you'd like to chime in, give us a call at 347 945 7428. So, welcome those on the call as well as in the chat. And so I'm going to start out with a rather lengthy article. And I am going to, which I do rarely, uh, we'll read through the entirety of this article, including some of the comments, because I think it's very important. It's from, uh, actually, uh, you could find this article from the Bard's Logic Political Talk Newsroom. 
at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. You can find it uh, there on the newsroom page. It, the link is also provided to the newsroom uh, on here on Blog Talk Radio. As well as if you're new to the show, we'd appreciate you follow the show so you can get uh, update reminders. And also you could subscribe to the Bard's Logic Political Talk Newsroom as well by going to the page. So I would uh, ask you to do that and know that it is appreciated by myself, uh, the host. Now this one from, you know, probably an, an article from a website uh, that you've probably n- never heard of before, and it's actually new for me as well, uh, but it's called, called Big League Politics. And it's from Confirmed Mueller team can be disbarred. For, con- for Clinton conflicts in Trump case. And this is an article from this past Sunday, July 23, 2017. And it states, a top national attorney in consultation with U.S. attorneys confirmed to big league politics that special counsel Robert Mueller and members of his team can be formally disbarred for waging the Russia case against President Donald Trump. Mueller and his associates have glaring conflicts of interest in the case concerning Trump. Mueller's team is tainted not only by partisan political donations and activities, but by direct relationships with former clients like Hillary Clinton, who is integrally involved in most of the possible evidence in this case. These conflicts clearly violate American Bar Association guidelines. Hillary Clinton colluded with the Russians in selling them our uranium. Clinton handpicked Mueller to give a sample of uranium to the Russians, and Mueller subsequently flew to Moscow according to publicly available documents. Uh, Don Trump's meeting, Donald Trump Jr.'s meeting, at Trump Tower with a Russian lawyer, a showbiz manager, and others in which the adoption-related Magnitsky Act was discussed is the only thing resembling evidence that the mainstream media has been able to find. But that meeting is tarred with Clinton connections. According to WikiLeaks, a Hillary Clinton campaign spokesman said that, with the help of the research team, we killed a Bloomberg story trying to link HRC's Hillary Rodham Clinton's opposition to the Magnitsky bill to a $500,000 speech that Bill Clinton gave in Moscow. Radio host Andrew Wilkow said that Clinton took $500,000 from Serbier Bank, a Russian bank represented by the Podesta Group that also happens to be a client of Natalia Vesenitska. Uh, whatever her last name, basically the law firm uh, lawyer who met with Don Jr. Clinton campaign chairman John Podesta and the DNC accused the Russians of hacking their emails despite evidence to the contrary, which provides further Clinton involvement in the case and further conflict for Mueller's Clinton-linked team. Mueller's 13-member dream team is comprised of anti-Trump stalwarts including three Democratic Party donors, legal representatives for Hillary Clinton during her email scandal, and vociferous anti-Trump tweeter Preet Bharara, or Bharara, or whatever, Bharara. It's foreign names. Anyway, <laughs> maybe 
Anyway, who was fired by Trump for a position as a U.S. attorney within the Department of Justice? These conflicts of interest, especially pertaining to Clinton, make it necessary for some members of the team to recuse themselves. If they don't, they can be disbarred. Uh, the American Bar Association's criminal justice standard for the prosecution function makes clear that Mueller's team is in violation of standards according to the top national attorney. Here are the relevant sections. It says a prosecutor should not use other improper considerations such as partisan or political or personal considerations in exercising prosecutorial discretion. A prosecutor should strive to eliminate implicit biases and act to mitigate any improper bias or prejudice when credibly informed that exists within the scope of the prosecutor's authority. B, a prosecutor's office should be proactive in efforts to detect, investigate, and eliminate improper biases with particular attention to historically persistent biases like race and all of its work. A prosecutor's office should regularly assess potential for bias or unfairly disparate impacts of its policies on communities within the prosecutor's jurisdiction and eliminate those impacts that cannot be properly justified. Standard 3-1.7, conflict of interest. The prosecutor should know and abide by the ethical rules regarding conflicts of interest that apply in the jurisdiction and be sensitive to facts that may raise conflict issues. When a conflict requiring recusal exists and is not waivable, is non-waivable or informed consent has not been obtained, a prosecutor should recuse from further participation in the matter. The office should not go forward until the non-conflicted prosecutor or an adequate waiver is placed. The prosecutor should not participate in a matter in which the prosecutor previously participated personally and substantial as a non-prosecutor unless the appropriate government office and, when necessary, a former client gives informed consent confirmed in writing. D. The last one was C. D. The prosecutor should not be involved in the prosecution of a former client. A uh, prosecutor who has formally uh, presented a client should not use information obtained from that representation to the disadvantage of the former client. F, the prosecutor should not permit the prosecutor's professional judgment or obligations to be affected by the prosecutor's personal, political, financial, professional, business, property, or other interest or relationship. A prosecutor shouldn't allow interests in personal advancement or aggrandizement to affect judgments regarding what is in the best interest of justice. G, it says the prosecutor should disclose to appropriate supervisory personnel any facts or interests that could reasonably be viewed as raising a potential conflict of interest. If it is determined that the prosecutor should nevertheless continue to act in the matter, the prosecutor and supervisors should consider whether any disclosure to a court or defense counsel should be made and make such a disclosure in a, uh, appropriate. Uh, the prosecutor should properly report to a supervisor all the most obviously frivolous misconduct allegations made publicly or privately against the prosecutor. If a supervisor or judge initially determines 
that an allegation is serious enough to warrant official investigation, reasonable measures, including possible recusion, should be instituted to ensure that the prosecution function in a fairly effectively carried out. A mere allegation or misconduct is not sufficient basis for prosecutorial recusal and should not deter a prosecutor from attending to the prosecution duties. The conflicts of interest are everywhere. Peter Strzok, who oversaw the Clinton, the Hillary Clinton email investigation for the FBI and interviewed Hillary Clinton, is on Mueller's team. Clinton donor Jeannie Ray, who represented the Clinton Foundation and is on Hillary Cl- and also Hillary Clinton during the e- email investigation, is on Mueller's team. Aaron Zebley, who reaped. Clinton aide and key email scandal figure Justin Cooper is on Mueller's team. Andrew Weissman defended the federal government's surveillance rights in a panel discussion at the George Soros-founded New American Foundation is also an Obama donor. Pre Baraha, the man who prosecuted conservative writer Dinesh D. Salza and was a leading contender to be Hillary Clinton's Theoretical attorney general who was fired by Trump administration presenting another conflict of interest that he seems to have no intention of hiding. And they've got some tweets here. And how about Mueller himself? CIA and NSA whistleblower Dennis Montgomery identified former FBI director Mueller as having overseen a secret surveillance program that spied on Trump's phone calls for years. The alleged program created during the Bush administration and run by Obama intelligence officials John Brennan and James Clapper is detailed on a on 47 hard drives that Montgomery and his lawyers turned over to the FBI, which James Comey buried. Montgomery is suing Obama, Brennan, Clapper, and others in the case before D.C. District Court Judge Richard Leon. The case is being watched closely by insiders on both sides of the Russia probe. Mueller also helped stonewall the Obama administration's investigation of its own IRS targeting scandal. A big league politics reported Mueller has formed a political team with his friends, fired FBI Director James Comey, and the current FBI Director Andrew McCabe to work together against President Donald Trump. But Mueller and company are not the ringleaders. Leaders, surprisingly, it's McCabe. An inside source told Big League Politics that McCabe is running the show, and he's the key. Mueller and McCabe are assembling a better political operation than Hillary had in the campaign. The trio of Mueller, McCabe, and Comey are all creatures of the swamp, and the source explained. Any Republican who thinks this isn't a political operation and isn't geared towards impacting 2018 and beyond is absolutely nuts. I think McCabe is the most political savvy, given how he navigated the controversy with his wife's campaign donations and the Clinton investigation, the source continues. McCabe took over when Comey got fired and quickly set up the team's power play. McCabe said that Comey did not get fired from the FBI for performance issues. That set up the premise for a potential obstruction of justice move by the McCabe Mueller Comey trio. And then you know we'll get 
go back, and there are some comments which we will go over. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and hear from our friend, Dr. Tolbert. And I do have some audio clips that we are going to hear from as well. But first, let's welcome you, Dr. Tolbert. Thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Good. You know, and I wanted to just continue what you're talking about because even in USA political uh, today, they get into the same issues of the conflict of interest that back in 2006, uh, the Justice Department found evidence that Mueller, uh, then the FBI director, falsified testimony and that the Mm -hmm. anti-war test in 2002. So there's not just one article by one source. Here's the problem, and this is what we get into, is when Session removed himself and the attorney general, uh, the assistant attorney general, uh, took the power and he appointed only the assistant attorney general can relieve Mueller because there was a law passed that expired in the 1990s that took the power away from the president uh, and actually then assigns it to the attorney general or, in this case, the uh, assistant attorney general. So the only way that Mueller can be pulled out of there under the provisions that we're looking at in the five or six different articles is if the assistant attorney general does it. So now the question is, is the assistant attorney general in also violation knowing that he appointed a person who is not legally qualified to have the position of special counseling? So there's a lot of discrepancies that when you talked about doing the show tonight, and there's many, many articles people can pull up that they need to follow through with, that this is absolutely a plot to destroy the American political system by both the Democrats and the Republicans. And everybody might take a view that this is a Democrat attack against the president, but it's in fact a Republican and a Democrat working together to destroy And unfortunately, under the current laws, where before it took three judges to appoint the special prosecutor, that was no longer in effect after, I think, 1996, and that gave the power to the attorney general or, if he removed himself, to the assistant attorney general. So now we have a major problem. How do we get the assistant attorney general out of there? Can we, in fact, fire him? From the president and can we then remove him and is then the attorney general and assistant attorney general and the individuals that are bringing the case against Trump are they all in violation and why hasn't Congress reviewed all the data that you and I are presenting tonight yeah that's a that, that's a very good uh, very good question you know, and and you mentioned scan, you know, uh, some other scandals or something. I know you sent me an article earlier. I wanted to reference that. I haven't had a chance to bring it up, uh, but talk about there's uh, some perhaps some scandals and Mueller's past <laughs> that that you've, well, no, uh, you you sent me an article on. This, yeah, this is a U.S. Uh, politics today, and it goes into about nine different things that Mueller has done and has been involved in that should not allow him. Uh, It goes back into 
2014-2015 when he worked with the left-wing service uh, firm. Uh, It goes back uh, when he was working with the Russian probe of Hillary Clinton. Uh, It gets back into uh, the Islam relationship. Uh, It goes into a lot of things that are, you know, really a conflict. So if people just pull up the name and and pull up the articles under USA Politics Today, they will find that this is just one of many articles out there. And we actually pulled up about nine different links. Many of them went to the direction of saying, well, Trump is going to get a lot of problems. He can't remove himself from it. And then there's the other side of the issue where it says, no, this is not a person who can legally be qualified, but unfortunately, only the assistant attorney general session cannot remove him. Uh, Only the the person who assigned him would be the assistant attorney general unless Congress steps in. And this is the problem we're going to have right now is who's going to investigate the assistant attorney general and why did this man select a person who has criminal charges and investigations get placed in charge of this. So this is going to get really deeply heated. What's that? What I'm going I'm, yeah, I, I finally got your email here. What I'm going to do here, uh, now is I'm going to uh, post this. Uh, look, yeah, this USA Politics Today uh, article, and I'm going to go and, and folks listening. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're live or here on the uh, – listen to the podcast is I'm going to send this link uh, to the Bard's Logic Political Talk page on Facebook. Uh, so visit there. If you don't know how to, uh, where to find it, it's easy. Just go to the search engine and push in Bard's Logic Political Talk. You'll be able to find it. And I'm going to, uh, as we're speaking now, uh, I'm going to post that link to that. Uh, and it's uh, Robert Mueller's criminal past reveals he's unfit uh, lead vest, uh, lead investigation. Uh, so you'll be able to find right. that uh, article on the on yeah. the podcast. The I mean, I'm sorry, on the Bard's Lodge Book Talk page there on Facebook. Yeah, and the other article was what powers the special counsel have, and it was written in um, May uh, 2017, and it explains under the 28 CFR Part 600 outlines the powers. And it kind of tells you that nobody can touch uh, the investigation except the assistant attorney general. He's the only one can stop it. And it goes into the ethics and how in 1978 and what happened when the laws expired in 1999. So what's really funny about all this is that the president at this point hasn't brought to the attention of the general public of the illegality and how things are being handled. And it may be because his staff is not briefing him properly. And so hopefully through the talk show tonight and through other postings that we do on the web links and everything else that we can get him to see that it's not session alone that is creating this, but it's a majority of the Democrats and Republicans, as we've been talking about in the past, undermining Trump because he is not a true Democrat or Republican. 
Right here, I've got an audio clip, and I've got a couple of them. But this was about one of the most recent. You know, what Newt had to say he was I can't remember what talk show he was on. Uh, just about a minute clip on the on the conflict of interest. And I do see other folks out there. Push the one on your number dial if you'd like to get in, and also give us a call at three four seven nine four five seven four two eight. But here's what uh, one of the things uh, Newt had to say on the conflict of interest. The Mueller investigation has so many conflicts of interest, uh, it's almost an absurdity. The law firm he comes from gave uh, 99.81% of its donations to Hillary Clinton last year. Uh, That's right, 0.19 of 1% went to Donald Trump. The people that he's been hiring are all anti-Trump lawyers. Uh, Several of them have very bad records of hiding information from the defense. And one case was rebuked by the Supreme Court on a 9-0 vote. It's hard to understand why he would assemble such a team unless it was a deliberate effort to go after the president and the president's team. Um, I think that, that, I don't know. I just said that was just a, a short clip on that. But, yeah, I mean, think about that. I mean, just showing the donors alone. <laughs> I mean, to get an indication, and I had some people argue, you know, I've heard people argue, oh, well, you can't put a bunch of, uh, of Trump supporters on there. That just wouldn't make sense, you know, because then they would never get anything done, and uh, they would always try to uh, you know, obstruct uh, the investigation and blah, blah, you know. I'm sure you've all heard that, right? But here's the thing. I mean, I get that, and, and there's, you know, a, big, a, a part of that, that that, you know, sounds logical. However, team, you know, a 13-person panel there or, or group, and you're not going to have – Hardly any people who are from the right or Republican or Trump supporter or, or even a neutral find some find some people that have uh, have no uh, background or, or seeming skin in the game for that. But to have it stacked the way it does and, and how people cannot see, uh, you know, see that, it, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, people. You know, and one of the problems with all this is everybody thinks that the president can fire uh, Mueller, and under what took place, it's going to take the assistant um, attorney general to take in and get involved in this. Um, the only thing Trump can do is he could get rid of Sessions. The question is, can he get rid of the assistant um, attorney general? And then who is going to really investigate uh, Mueller? If the Congress himself are behind not wanting Trump into office, how are they rigging the entire investigation in order to accomplish and commit treason themselves? So what we have is we have a Congress that is actually committing treason against the president of the United States. And trying to overthrow the executive branch because they are not getting their way. Yeah, well, as a state, I mean, it's all you know. It's it's sitting more and more, uh, you know, like a witch hunt on that. And you know, and and here, let's hear some more uh, with with Mueller. You know, as I said, I've got some good audio here. Uh, you know, with you talking about you know Mueller and background and things of that nature. So let's go ahead and hear from that. 
And of course, sorry to say it, you got weak, spineless Republicans, no backbone, never supported Donald Trump to begin with. And by the way, and then you got the whole never Trumper crowd. They want relevance. They want vindication. They want to see the president fail so they can say, see, we told you so. But this has now become a serious moment of truth for the United States of America. We're either going to lose to these forces and allow them to distract this president from getting people off of poverty, out of food stamps, and back in the labor force, buying homes, the president and the agenda you elected him to enact, or we can stop it right now what they're trying to do to this man, because they don't want his success. Their success, his success is their failure. To do this, James Comey and Loretta Lynch need to be investigated. Robert Mueller needs to go. And with all due respect, it's time for Hillary Clinton to be prosecuted. Joining us now with Reaction, the author of a brand new book just out today. It's called Understanding Trump, the former Speaker of the House, Fox News contributor Newt Gingrich. Mr. Speaker, great to see you. Good to see you. All right. Do you see what I just said? Five forces at work destroying the president and that this is a clear present danger for the country? Well, look, I think we're in a clear-cut cultural civil war. I think that there are a number of Republicans who don't get it. Uh, I would start with the very beginning of your monologue, and I wish every Republican would look at the lesson that the Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, gave them today. He was passionate. He used strong language. He didn't back down. He had the facts, and he was prepared to go nose-to-nose with liberals every time they smeared him. And I think he clearly won because he was willing to be even more judgmental and more emotional and more committed than were the Democrats. Now, if every Republican learned that, and let me take the example of Attorney General Lynch. It's been, I think, a week since the head, the Democratic ranking member of the Intelligence Committee, Senator Feinstein, said she thought that the Congress ought to look into whether or not Attorney General Lynch was in fact obstructing justice. Now, I can't understand a Republican Party, which is offered on a platter by the ranking Democrat of the Intelligence Committee, a very senior respected member of the Senate, an opportunity to open up an investigation of the Democratic Attorney General, and I've heard nothing. And this is just typical. Uh, We allow the left to set the agenda. We allow the left to define the terms of the debate. Uh, We are passive. Uh, and I think that it's really a huge, huge mistake to not take these people head on. Let me let me stay on Loretta Lynch while you're there, because I think this is important. By the way, I would agree, Sessions eviscerated these Democrats today, and it should be an abject lesson for every Republican. That's how you fight. That's how you stand up for truth. And I don't see, look, I think there's so many weak Republicans. It is, frankly, embarrassing and pathetic on both the agenda, the getting work done in the Congress, and secondly, standing up for the things that they promised the American people. But back to Loretta Lynch. You have the tarmac meeting with Bill Clinton in a plane. Totally inappropriate, possible collusion, possible obstruction. Then it gets even worse than that. She gets James Comey to take the word investigation and turn it into a matter. Later, Sarah Carter, as I was explaining the opening monologue, that James Comey confronts her, that she had put the kibosh on any possible indictment, regardless of where the evidence led, and gave him a, a steely, silent look, and then said, anything else? And that, to me, if she doesn't get brought before a committee and investigated, huh. 
We don't have justice in but, this country. But, but let's go back to your very first point. How can you have a Republican House and a Republican Senate and not bring in the Attorney General and the former president under oath and get each of them to describe what they were discussing? I mean, I think this was, in terms of why people are sick of Washington, the idea that they happen to be at the same airport. That the, this is, remember, four or five days before they're going to interview Secretary Clinton, which they did, by the way, not under oath. I mean, you go through this whole thing, and it's no wonder the average American is disgusted. Uh, as you know, I, I was just out at Ridgewood, New Jersey tonight uh, with, with my new book, uh, Understanding Trump, and had hundreds of people there. And the number of them who, who get everything you just said tonight and cannot understand why the Republicans are not standing up and fighting, uh, I think was, was startling to me how intense it is, how rapidly it's spreading, for example. That, that Mueller, there are actually four people he's hired who donated to the Democrats. One of them worked for the Clinton Foundation. Uh, one of them, by the way... You know what she did for the Clinton Foundation? She was fighting Freedom of Information Act requests right. as it relates to the Clinton Foundation. And wow, another one how did she of them, get on this? Look, another one of them cheated and refused to give the defense information it should have in two major cases, Enron and Arthur Anderson. That lawyer helped destroy 85,000 jobs, and later, when it was too late, the Supreme Court voted 9-0 to zero that what he had done was wrong. Now, when Mueller said, you know, my, my point earlier today was, you know, if Mueller wanted to prove he was reasonable, let's, let's cut a deal. You have to hire one pro-Trump lawyer for every anti-Trump lawyer. And let's see whether or not he's willing to actually do that. But I, I had a former, you know, I, I had a news person today say to me, well, are you suggesting, maybe he just hired the four best people in the country. And I said, let me get this straight. You believe there's no Republican <laughs> lawyer capable of being on that team? I mean, this is the mindset of the elite media that I think just tells you how sick the system is. All right, but there's three things here, and I gotta go to break. And one is, it's Colby's best friend, the special the special uh, uh, counsel. Number two, hires Clinton's lawyer for the Clinton Foundation, who is fighting freedom of information requests. You forgot to mention that a number of them are also Obama-Clinton donors. And it gets worse. All right, by the way, uh, Speaker Gingrich has a brand new book out. It's on Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. Understanding Trump will ask so speak to sessions and uh, real quick, uh, I do see it's the bottom of the hour, so we do want to hear from our friends at the Patriot Journalist Network, and then we're going to uh, go ahead and bring uh, you Dr. Culver back in, and then uh, those who want to chime in, push the one on your number dial, as well as those who like to call in, give us a call at 347-945-7428, and let's go ahead and hear from our friends at the Patriot Journalist Network. You're not just listening to a show, you're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team, grassroots, conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at patriotjournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. And definitely, folks, check out the Patriot Journalist Network, especially if you're a Twitter user at 
PatriotJournalist.com. Let's go ahead and bring it back uh, to you, uh, Dr. Toll. But actually, but first, uh, a quick comment is that, you know, bring up uh, Sessions. Uh, I, I normally, in a lot of ways, as, as folks here know, agree with, uh, with Newt Gingrich. However, I believe he's still in Sessions court when it comes to being the attorney general. Maybe, you, Dr. Toll, you could give us uh, your opinions on this as well. Uh, but I mean, well, I think he needs to get rid of. I, I think he needs. He, I mean, Newt is for keeping him. I think. I think he still thinks he's doing a good job. But I mean, I think that Trump should say, "You're fired." What do you think, Doctor Tolbert? <laughs> no, I I agree. Sessions should be fired. I think Sessions set this all up through the other parties because he knew that when he removed himself, he knew that the attorney general would be the one to take over, and he had to know that Mueller was going to be the next counselor to take charge of this. So this, to me, has been fabricated in order to bring down the president. If Session had told Trump prior to being elected as the attorney general or being assigned, Trump would have never put him in the position because he felt that Session, if did anything, would appoint a special counselor that would have been diversified. But let's even get into the fact of Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan, who everybody doesn't fully comprehend, who thinks that is in support of the president. Paul Ryan has oh, hell actually that no. has said that the president uh, uh, investigation team is correct. It will diversify and take away and allow the Republican Party. He believes that Mueller, Mueller is integrity is beyond approach, that he sees no problem, that that we should just allow Mueller to do his job and we can refocus on other things. Well, that's not what's happening. With Paul Ryan saying what he just said, he is actually making the Russian issue misplace everything else. So if we close down the Russian issue, we get into the Obamacare, we get into the defense program, we get into all the other programs, you know, the president's going to be able to do his job. Uh, you know, the things that he's doing with the Veterans Administration, the things he's doing with the articles, and we just wrote a new one on uh, Made in America Bring Jobs Home, uh, the things that he's doing about looking at the taxation and, and uh, the uh, export-import uh, all these issues are not even being addressed. And you have Paul Ryan, you have Session, you have the Assistant Attorney General, you have Mueller, you have McCain, you have all these people that are just absolutely destroying the office of the president. And we go back, and I say this to the people, and I don't think they understand, the Democrats and the Republicans want the president of the United States out of office and they want the vice president to be the next well, president. Let me let me interject. Let me interject there because you are saying something. You you're saying something to a point that I made. You know, back in July of this year, when when Pence was made, the uh, you know Pence you know Pence was picked quote unquote to be the vice president. Paul Ryan and, and, and let me do a little backtracking here. Okay, oh, you you know what everyone here knows, but you know you know I'm sure that I was pushing for Newt Gingrich to be uh, the 
the vice presidential pick. It was between him and, and Pence. I mean, we even put a petition. I've got 5,000-plus signatures uh, for that to send to Donald Trump. I mean, if you looked at polls, Gingrich was actually the favorite over Pence in the polls. Now, what happened, remember during that time, there was still that big hoopla about the possibility of uh, the Republicans trying to do a, you know, some type of broker convention. Remember the, the anti-Trumpers or the never-Trumpers were, were trying to do that. Well, I, I think in a back in a backroom deal, now this is speculation on my point, but it, it keeps coming up and keep making sense. And, and listen to our past uh, archive shows to hear me saying this, is that Pence was Paul Ryan's baby, okay? Pence was Paul Ryan's man or whatever you want to say because – I think that Paul Ryan, as you pointed out, what you know, is in with the other people, in with the other establishment, you know, globalists, whatever, okay, because they want to oust President Trump. They want to put Pence in there because Pence could be more controllable. That's why I can never understand the uh, the pick of Pence. Here's what I think happens. I think Paul Ryan said, look, Donald, look, Mr. Trump, whatever. You, if you want these never-Trumpers to go away and you want this whole possible broker convention to go away, you'll pick Pence as your running mate. And as soon as he picked Pence for his running mate, that never-Trumpers, you know, the possibility of a broker venture evaporated. It just evaporated, okay? And now you have Pence's, you know, who I never thought was a strong guy anyway. You know, yeah, he might be a, a, an amicable guy, a likable guy, but he certainly doesn't have the strength of a Donald Trump where Newt Gingrich does, you know, and so, you know, I never could understand, well, I understood, but it didn't, you know, other than what we've described, it didn't make any other sense. So I think Trump's like, okay, cause he, he didn't want the, the broker convention, that kind of stuff stopped, right? Pence is in, and now you're right, come back to today. He's going to, uh, they, they want Pence in there, because Pence, in my opinion, can be better controlled, and you, you've also, also all talked about uh, Paul Ryan uh, betraying. I got an article here that you uh, also can find on the Bard's Logic Political Talk uh, newsroom, uh, an article here. It's from uh, LibertyWriters.com, uh, but you can access it through uh, the Bard's Logic newsroom at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Uh, the title here, and this is from the 24th of July, so again, read something recent. It says, immediately after Trump called out backstabbing Republicans, Paul Ryan showed the world his true colors. Okay, it says, Speaker of the House Paul Ryan will not be answering President Trump's call for support. It says, just a day after President Trump took, uh, to, a Twitter, uh, took to Twitter an attempt to rally Republicans to set up the reinforcements of his administration, Ryan instead pushed back against the notion that special counsel Robert Mueller is continuing with a biased investigation. It is a very sad, it, it's very sad that Republicans do very little to protect the president, said Trump on Sunday. But Ryan was quick to make the position clear almost immediately after the president's call to arms, stating that he doesn't see an issue with either Mueller's methods or the fact that Mueller has brought seven attorneys into his legal team that have donated combined $60,787 to federal Democrat donors. President Trump himself has dubbed this as ridiculous. With the top aide Kelly and Conway describing Mueller's legal team as a band of Democratic donors, Ryan, however, told local Wisconsin radio that this simply shouldn't be considered an issue. And Bob Mueller is a Republican who was appointed by a Republican, but that don't mean anything, people. We, we know the Republicans; many of them are just as bad as the Democrats. But anyway, I digress. But the House Speaker wasn't finished making his most ludicrous comment yet. 
says, I don't think many people are saying that Mueller is a biased partisan. He's re- he really is anything but. As for defending uh, Trump from the investigations, Ryan shows zero signs of supporting his president. That wasn't what we were elected to do, and that's a quote from Paul Ryan. At this point, I think it's fair to say Paul Ryan is looking out for Paul Ryan. He has never shown a legitimate commitment to this administration or what is truly best for the nation. Instead, Ryan has set his sights on helping ambitious politicians drag our president's good name through the mud. Unfortunately for both Ryan and Mueller, the truth may not be hidden forever. All they are doing is uh, stopping our president from giving this country his entire attention. We cannot let this stand. So there you go. You can find that on uh, the Bard's Logic Political Talk uh, website's newsroom page. Well, I'm telling you, it's it's all coming to the fore, and and we're, we're going to go ahead and get, let you go ahead and comment there on that, uh, Dr. Tolbert, and then I'm going to bring John in, and then uh, we'll go from there. So go ahead, uh, Dr. Tolbert, and then we'll bring in John. No, and I agree, because in research and everything that you're talking about today, there were so many articles that, for one, said that the president can, in fact, you know, and might fire Mueller, where it shows in the documentation only the assistant district attorney can actually do that now, or the attorney general, that there are so many conflicts of interest where the Republicans, uh, the Speaker of the House, uh, Sessions and all these people that are in position are manipulating the system in order to go. And we talked a lot of times about Sharia law. We get into Islam, uh, Indiana having the greatest number next to Florida uh, with mosques and the greatest number of immigrants from uh, uh, the other countries. Uh, we've got into how uh, we can show that the Democrats and Republicans want Pence in. I don't think the president has came to the conclusion yet that everything being manifested is the vice president, as happened under the Kennedy when he was president. The vice president manipulated the system. The CIA and the FBI manipulated the system. This is exactly what's happening with President Trump is what happened to President Kennedy. And if people can't see the parallel of all this, then the American people are blind to allow our Congress to do what's being done. You take whether it's Rubio or whether it's any other senator, not one of them are giving you the true story about what's happening in politics. When you take George Sawyer, you take Rubio, you take McCain, you take Pence, you take your Speaker of the House, you take your Vice President, all these people are being deployed by large lobbyist groups in order to allow Islam, to allow world power, to allow Agenda 21, to allow the trade pact agreements. People don't understand that Trump what he did with Agenda 21, what he's doing with the trade pact agreements, what he's doing with immigration is what's being fought by the Democrats and Republicans. And that's why they want Trump out of office. So this is being set up in order to bring higher numbers of immigrations, to bring higher numbers under George Sawyer's, to bring higher numbers of people under the U.N. who are going to send 30 million more immigrants that are going to be from small nations and countries. 
So people need to look at the big picture. Why are they trying to take Trump out of office? Why is Obama part of Agenda 21 and working with France even today? Why was Obama in Switzerland undermining the president of the United States? Why is Hillary Clinton uh, people 54, I think we had committed suicide to include the, uh, an individual from Haiti. None of these people are being investigated for treasons. The uh, uranium with Russia, the undermining authorities, uh, they just captured a guy uh, at an airport that was going back to another country uh, that was part of the uh, groups of individuals working with the Clintons that were working with other groups and individuals. There is so much going on right now that the general public is not being told why they want the president out. It's called the Illuminati's. It's called One World Power. It's called the UN. It's called the uh, Jesuits. It's called the Freemasons. We just did an article on uh, the, the credit bureaus, the biggest credit bureau investigation for the American people is out of Ireland. Well, guess where the Freemasons and the Illuminatis are in their home country is Ireland. Doesn't the American people realize that we are going to end up in an international power? Our medical system is going to be international. Our finance system is going to be international. Our Supreme Court is going to be closed. If we don't support mm-hmm. the president of the United States, we're going to lose. And I, and I actually found, uh, I tell you what, just the way things are, are, are working out tonight, I guess. But I, I actually, uh, another another article here, and I'm, I'm going to bring John in first, uh, about uh, that I'm going to go again, can be found on uh, the newsroom here on Bard's Logical Talks website, uh, about Candace uh, Marie Clairboyne, who was a uh, Clinton era State Department employee who got indicted on treason uh, charges. And we'll read that uh, shortly. But first, let's go ahead and bring in John. Thank you very much, John, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, man, I'm doing wonderful. I'm all this great conversation you guys are bringing forth. Um, you know, the the sad part of it is is everybody on all sides, from my, my particular perspective, are unconstitutional. I mean, even the president, even Donald Trump, because when you use uh, – eminent domain to over run over the for private property rights of your fellow citizens. You just threw the Constitution under the bus because under the, you know, Article 1, Section 9 and 10, there's no establishment or no grant of title of nobility, meaning there's not supposed to be any favoritism. And then Article 4, Section 2, where it says all the citizens are going to have the same immunities and privileges as the citizens in the several states. Well, once you get an elected official who can automatically burden and encumber you against your will without your consent, you've just lost your privileges and immunities. They've thrown the Constitution under the bus and rendered you a legislative slave. So none of these people are concerned about the Constitution. They just want their way. And that's a big problem. Now, as far as Mr. Sessions, once he was picked by President Trump, and because of his interactions 
during the campaign with the Russian people, that was very um, calculating and smart for him to recuse himself. I don't hold that against him in that regard. Now, whether he knew he was going to need to do that or not during his uh, you know, talks with Trump when Trump was trying to decide whether he wanted to actually put him in the position or not, uh, only Trump and, and Mr. Sessions know, which, you know, I've had a, I, I wasn't a big proponent for Sessions in the first place because of his, he's a big authoritarian type person. He likes to use the classified secrecy cloak in order to protect the bigwig establishment people. And, and there's all these people in Congress are like that, even like I've said on other shows, watching C-SPAN, you guys go to c-span.org and look up um, HR 3219. They passed today, it seems like, and Mia Love passed an amendment where all of the congressmen now get to use the budget money for the 2018 budget to put security systems and technology in all their houses and stuff because they're concerned they're going to all get, you know, killed or harassed or something. And I'm like, gee whiz, you guys harass we the people every day when you don't live up to our giving us our due process rights of, you know, being able to have good faith negotiations, good faith um, bargaining, mutuality of agreement in all the rules, processes, and procedures of governing. So you therefore said that we don't have self-governing and we are not free people. It's government by lottery, you know, government by chance. And, you know, so it's, they're all, it's all insurrection, interloping insurrection. It's all these people up there. Donald Trump, he's the best one up there, but gee whiz, that ain't saying a whole lot. Well, I don't know if he's the best one up there because Thomas Massey and, and uh, what's his name, Rand Paul, they seem to be striking a little more, con- um, you know, constitutional perspective on the issues but this deputy assistant attorney general guy i don't remember his name but i thought he was just a temporary because our president trump appointed jeff sessions and he was not finished appointing all of the people in his cabinet and isn't the deputy assistant attorney general another appointee and this guy that's in there right now is just to be there temporarily until he appoints the one he wants so why can't he go ahead and finish appointing his deputy assistant, you know, attorney general, so then he can get rid of this nutbag, and then they can get rid of Mueller. And, I mean, you know, it's just, I don't know. You tell me. Can he do that? Maybe Mr. Tolbert knows. Yeah, and the answer is yes, he can. He can take out the deputy uh, attorney general. And then, in fact, the new uh, assistant deputy attorney general can then fire fire, uh, and get rid of Mueller. But unfortunately, under the acts of the laws right now, Mueller can only be replaced by the deputy attorney general. And the president does not have the authority to do that from what I've been reading. So the only way he's going to be able to do it is not to replace Sessions. But to replace the deputy attorney general, and the real yeah, question is not Dr. answered Tolbert. yet. Yes, sir. 
that's what you were saying earlier. What I'm asking is, isn't this deputy attorney general you're referring to, isn't he one of the people that Donald Trump gets to replace because he's in an appointed position and Donald Trump just left him in there temporarily until he gets the person he wants to appoint to that spot? Why can't and, Donald and, Trump go ahead and replace that guy? And the answer to that was, yes, he can. And if he does so, then the new assistant or the deputy would be able to replace Mueller. The question is, everybody's talking about session, and no one is talking about replacing the deputy attorney general. And there is no specific articles that I've been able to find that would prevent Donald Trump from doing that, and that he could appoint and replace both individuals if he so desired. The question is, is what the Democrats and Republicans are doing by misrepresenting um, everything that's happening around us right now. So we're having a big conflict that Donald Trump is not being briefed properly and that he's not even aware of. He thinks that he has the power to um, do things that he's allowed to do right now. Because of the laws that changed after uh, the Clintons, there was just some major changes of, that took some powers away from the president and put them in the hands of the attorney general in an assignment of special counseling. And so this is one of the problems, but he could, in fact, mm-hmm. replace the deputy attorney general. Yeah, but, well, but can, he's going to need – but first, before going that, it – is he, he's going to need to have him get rid of Mueller if we're going to get rid of Mueller because then the person who appointed him, the deputy uh, attorney general, can, I guess, can unappoint or whatever Mueller, correct? Yes, absolutely, yes. because under the law that took place, only the deputy attorney general can stop Mueller or replace Mueller under the laws that we found today and we were reading under the sections because Session removed himself and, and the deputy took the power, only the deputy could close or replace or stop the investigation because he's the one that did it. But, Robert, because so, yeah, so, deputy... but before, so before getting rid of him, Trump would have to try to get him to, uh, you know, to unassign or whatever term you want to use it, uh, Mueller. Uh, before he would get yep. rid of them. I mean, because then if he gets rid yep. of them, there's no chance to get rid of Mueller. Would that be correct? No. Yes. No, because Trump still gets to appoint the deputy assistant attorney general. But only the deputy, but only the deputy assistant attorney general who appointed Mueller. So if you have a different person, that person can't because that's not the person who appointed him. Only, from my understanding, no, only the person that appointed him could do that. He takes over the same power. The integrity of justice is the same, just like whenever Session recused himself and all the power went to the deputy assistant attorney general. Well, the new deputy assistant attorney general steps in, and he gets the same power as the deputy assistant general that's in there now, and he can recuse Mueller. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case. I think it has to be the same one. That's definitely uh, bears uh, some more value unless you could shed some light or uh, or someone else on the line you could shed the light on that. Yeah, the answer to that is it's the position of the office, not the person. Okay. 
Now, having said that, you know, the the uh, in January the 30th, Trump did fire the acting attorney general, and it does go into the articles of the deputy, and that he does have the power to do that. And the question is, does Trump understand it is not the individual that is signed, but it's the position. So whoever fills the new position of the deputy becomes the one that can stop the action. So Trump can stop stop this particular person replacing. Remember, name if 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 Pence becomes the president, Trump can't give a pardon to other people. But can Trump pardon himself as the president before Pence takes his office? Or do we have to go back to when the vice president takes over and gives a pardon to somebody else? So all these factors. Yeah, there's, I, there's some articles and stuff out there on that. I, I haven't read those at this point. I think it's ridiculous to, to even talk about, oh, can the president, you know. And they're even talking about, you know, if Hillary Clinton became president, if she would be able to. Pardon herself for her email scandals, you know, but well, and then uh, and while uh, folks mulling over that, no pun intended, <laughs> let's go ahead and speaking of Hillary Clinton, go over that article I want to tell people that I'm sure they're waiting for uh, about the former Hillary Clinton employee arrested on treason charges. And this is from April 12, 2017. And again, uh, you can. Uh, Find this article as well on the Bard's Logic Political Talk newsroom. It says, Candace Marie Claiborne has become the first Clinton-era State Department employee indicted on treason charges after a federal grand jury indicted her for conspiring to defraud the U.S. government, concealing contact with foreign spies, obstructing an official proceeding, and making false statements to the FBI. Claiborne, a veteran State Department employee, who possessed a top-secret security clearance, concealed her extensive contacts with Chinese intelligence agents who for years lavished her with thousands of dollars in gifts as part of a pay-for-play scheme, according to a Department of Justice press release. In addition to cash payments, Chinese spies provided Claiborne with vacations, an apartment, Apple electronics, and tuition to a Chinese fashion school, according to the indictment. Suggesting she learned tricks from Hillary Clinton, her former boss, Claiborne allegedly told co-conspirators to delete all emails and evidence after getting caught. The Bill of Charges contains numerous felonies, and Claiborne, 60, is facing spending the rest of her life behind bars as prosecutors warned she is the first of many corrupt Clinton-era State Department employees that will be brought to justice by a reinvigorated Department of Justice. And let's see. It says uh, Candace Marie Claiborne is a U.S. State Department employee who possesses a top-secret security clearance and allegedly failed to report her contacts with Chinese foreign intelligence agents who provided her with thousands of dollars of gifts and benefits, said Acting Assistant Attorney General McCord. Claire Bourne used her position and her access to sensitive diplomatic data for personal profit, pursuing those who imperil our nation's national security for personal gain will remain a key priority of the National Security Division. He added, this case demonstrates that U.S. government employees will be held accountable for failing to honor the trust placed in them when they take such a sensitive assignment. 
Candace Claiborne is accused of violating her oath of office as a State Department employee who was entrusted with top-secret information when she purposefully misled federal investigators about her significant and repeated interactions with foreign contacts, said Assistant Director in Charge Vale. The FBI will continue to investigate individuals who, though required by law, failed to report foreign contacts, which is a key indicator of potential insider threats posed by those in positions of public trust. The grand jury found Claire Bourne's Washington, D.C. home and her savings accounts are subject to forfeit if she's convicted. She wrote in a journal that she could generate 20000 in one year through one of her Chinese agents, according to an affidavit. She was allegedly wired nearly $2,500 shortly after it was asked to provide the U.S. government analysis of its 2011 economic talks with China. According to the Department of Justice press release, Claiborne is facing decades behind bars for her crimes. And then just that that's, goes on from there. So it looks like hopefully the first of hopefully many uh, Clinton Air State Department employees uh, that will – and hopefully Obama uh, State Department employees are going to face uh, some kind of indictment and criminal charges. <clears throat> so that being said, let's go ahead and um, bring it back here. Now, I got, uh, you know, on par with what we've got uh, tonight. Again, another audio clip uh, from Newt. Uh, now, this is, uh, again, you know, about Mueller and about the investigations and things of that nature. It's kind of a part two uh, that we have here. So let's go ahead and get that keyed up uh, so we can uh, uh, move forward yeah. with that. So let me yeah. – uh, go ahead. I sent you an article, Robert, about Rosenstein, the deputy, and how and what in position and where he stands. And it's under GatorCountyCountry.com, uh, and it gets into Rosenstein, how that all happens, and it's a really – good article and how and why Trump should have fired everybody associated with Obama. And they have to remember Rosenstein was part of the Obama administration. Did you, did you just send that uh, through email? I just, yeah, I just sent it to your email. Oh, right. There we go. Got it. And I will yep. be, yes, thank you, uh, Dr. Tolbert. And I will be posting this on the Bard's Logic Cloak Talks Facebook page. Uh, as well as the other articles. Go ahead. Hey, Robert. I think Donald Trump would have replaced all them people already. It's just all of the other people in Congress have been such roadblocks for his nominations. He's, it's taken him this long to get as many nominations as he has because they've all been roadblocking him. So he would have replaced probably all those people if he could have, but up to now, if it wouldn't be in for everybody else, you know, trying to hinder him. It's a strategic scam in order to try to make sure that Trump can't get anything done during his um, first term in office. As long as they can continue to distract us through the media and then distract us through, you know, what's going on with um, the Trump administration because they keep railroading his nominations and not letting him appoint all the people he wants to replace to, you know, get them in then, shoot, the first four years are going to be over before you know it. And he didn't get the squat done. Fact, but, you know, he has the power of appointing a 1,000 people, and he's only appointed 
uh, about 90 people that don't need congressional approval. Oh, my gosh. So if he just goes in and just starts replacing all of Obama's staff, which he hasn't done, and he hasn't done the things that he doesn't need Congress approval on. So this is one of the problems That's we're having point. with Congress right now. Yeah, they're probably even keeping Donald Trump distracted because Reince Priebus and Sean Spicer and all them probably have more Congress buddies than Donald Trump is their, their buddy. So therefore they figure, oh, we'll just keep feeding him, Donald Trump, President Trump, with these um, sidetracked bills saying, oh, you have to take care of this today. This is on the agenda. We have to do this. And they just overload Trump with all these things that they, that they want him to get done. And he can't focus on the things he knows he needs to get done in order to make sure his own agenda and policy positions get taken care of. Well, and well that's, that's, yeah, and, and, and so he, he recently replaced Spicer. Go ahead, Dr. Coleman. Yeah, and that's the reason why they got him doing all these international things right now. Keep, keep him out of America. And you, if you go back and look at history on people being overthrown, they were overthrown while they were out of their country. So here you have a president now being told he needs to go be this country. He needs to go here. He needs to go here. No, he doesn't. Right now he needs to focus on America. He needs to sit there and draw a line, and he needs to take control. And this yeah, send Pence and all these things. Isn't that what the vice president's for, really? I mean, what the hell is Pence been doing? Uh, passing out false information. Uh, press releases, uh, committing fraud and treason against the United States, uh, being part of the office and being the one that we're going to find out later that all these secret memos are actually being done by the vice president. You watch what happens over the next year. People are going to find out how corrupt the vice president, Republicans, and Democratic parties are right now. Are these just hunches you have, or do you have some good, hard information that gives you that opinion? I think if you take enough information just going into your research itself, and I think if you pull up the loyalty of the people and who and what these uh, individuals are doing, there's hundreds of articles about they want Pence as the vice president, the Democrats and the Republicans. There's oh, yeah. multiple articles about the undermining of the government by the Democrats and Republicans using Pence. So if yeah, you look at I think you don't need to make the assumption. I think you take these facts, draw a conclusion. Well, that's what I'm asking. That's why I want to nail his rear to the wall. I don't like that kind of nonsense. I didn't like Donald Trump, but I still voted on for him because I couldn't stand Hillary Clinton more. But at the same time, I'm all about justice. And if I don't care if you're, you know, it's just like this last thing they did about kicking these transgender people out of the military. I'm like, if you're an American, you ought to be able to serve your country and get shot and killed just like the rest of us. But the thing of it is, is nobody cares about justice anymore. And so, therefore, if Pence is pulling some stuff on the side and stuff, I want to find out what it is and nail his rear. This is just can't keep going on. Back to you. Yeah. You know, I served 22 years in the military, and I was in Vietnam, and I've had when when the military went to a co-ed military, I left, and there's a good reason behind it. You cannot put people together in a position to defend with weapons of different genders 
and not have a problem or a conflict of interest. For an example, if you had women in the foxhole with men against the Muslims and Islam, they would torture and rape the women and cause the men to lose their lives, and it would put America at a greater risk. So I'm totally in agreement that you cannot have the co-ed military in combat. I'm I'm in agreement that trans, transgender is not going to be a way to defend the front lines. There are positions that they could be in, just as there were female pilots, there were female supplies, there were many things that they could do that didn't jeopardize the front lines. But if you look at all your major other countries, they do have a separation, and they have a stronger military than we do right now. But, Dr. Tobert, how in the world can we justify our Constitution and say all citizens have the same privileges and immunities and we're all free people and self-governing, and then that be constitutional? See, that to me is totally unconstitutional. But don't get me wrong. I, I When it comes to, you know, a lot of those issues from a biblical standpoint, I stand with you. But Jesus Christ in the Bible says, be no respecter of persons, too. Take that with a grain of salt. It's got to be applied in context. And in this particular issue, in this yeah. context, a transgender person, there's been people in the military that weren't necessarily openly calling themselves gay, but they were manipulating their soldiers on the side in the, and doing gay-type stuff. Yeah whether they yeah. call themselves gay or not. So it's been, there's been worse stuff in the military than just having a person that calls themselves transgender. It's all about what you do, not what your orientation is or what you say. John, you took it out of content. I said they should not be on the front line. I think there's a difference between what you're saying and equality and what I'm saying that you cannot put – a, a different gender, whether male or female or transgender or homosexual, on a front-line positions in combat, it would cause a morale problem, and it would cause the breakdown of our defense system. And there's a big difference. There are positions and availability. The question you're asking is Trump just signed a bill Monday that says transgenders will not be allowed in the military. And your question is, and some of the people are making a statement, that he should not uh, draw the line. Well, I can show you other the First Amendment. I can show you other places in the Constitution where that right can be determined by the President of the United States as the Commander-in-Chief to make a decision what is the best way to defend our borders. And this is sometimes we could say a one person is not going to get the equal rights of 99 people. But that's the, that's the constitutional right of how do you defend America and would it break down? And should our Joint Chiefs of Staff be involved in these decisions? And when Obama replaced the Joint Chiefs of Staff in order to bring homosexuality, they removed Christianity from the uh, uh, military. Uh, they stopped Bible reading in the military. Uh, they appointed a religious leader on the board for the U.S. government that was an atheist. All these other things under Obama that were done 
and nobody took the position, well, what are you doing against the Christians? So, you know, we're taking a position of equality, but we're giving no equality to the Christians. So there's a big debate, and this is not because I have degrees in theology or education. I served in Vietnam. I'm a 22-year veteran. I was in Iran. Uh, you know, so I understand the problem faced with a male component sitting in a combat zone with a female. And the problem of defending your country when you're going to defend the woman first before you defend the front line, it is a real issue. Yeah, I just see it unconstitutional from the standpoint of our founding from the Declaration of Independence. If a person wants to serve, whether regardless of what gender they are, the Declaration of Independence carries no law or statutes. It's strictly the Constitution, John. So when no, people quote that's the Declaration, not true, if you throw the spirit of the Declaration of Independence, has no foundation to stand on. The, the spirit of the Declaration is not a law, and you have to go back. The Constitution is the only law. So anybody wants to sit there and say the spirit is what the Constitution was made of. You got to stop and say there's only one law, and that is in fact the Constitution. So don't take the stand. Declaration of Independence can override the Constitution. It cannot. Doctor Tolbert, everything comes from spirit. Your imagination, hey, Chris, the things I, that you say, I, everybody, I you either sow the spirit from your heart or you sow your spirit from your flesh. And the the yeah. truth of the matter, the flesh has nothing without the spirit. And the spirit of the Declaration of Independence is what brought forth the Constitution. And if you throw away the heart of the Constitution, which is the Declaration of Independence, then you have anarchy. You're saying that all this America is a scam. I'm saying to you that there's one law of the land. I don't care how you quote it or how you say it. If you go back and read it, there's only one law, and that's the Constitution. Any other thing will not be constitutionally correct. So you can take any clause. You can go back to Thomas Jefferson. You can go back to anybody you want. You can you can quote all the things you want to quote. The bottom line is, do you understand the Constitution? Is there a violation of the Constitution? And as long as the Constitution is being upheld, and as long as Congress is only enforcing the 18 rules of the Constitution, as long as the Bill of Rights and all these other things are correct, then the fact of what you're saying is not in accordance why they came up with the Constitution, okay. which is, in fact, the laws of the land. And let's go ahead at this point. Okay, let's go ahead at this point. Let's bring in Kelly, who's on the line. Uh, thank you very much, for Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hey, I'm doing all right. Interesting uh, discussion. Good to hear from you. Con- yeah, hey, hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hey, John, I thought I'd tease you. Um, you said that uh, you didn't like Trump, but you voted for him. Well, I did like Trump, but I voted uh, Libertarian. <laughs> I didn't vote for Trump. Let's go around. Anyway, um, yeah, interesting discussion about the Constitution. And of course, many other thoughts I'd like to provide about the Assistant Attorney General and some other more recent in, uh, insights, if you will, about Sessions and Hillary and all that stuff. Well, that's the Constitution. Um, yes, the uh, there's a Supreme Court justice that uh, wrote this statement, and I saw.
saw it at uh, somewhere in D.C. Um, I think it was, yeah, it was in the uh, the original um, place where Congress was. Before, and actually, it was in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, they had held Congresses there for a short time, um, uh, where the uh, um, Continental Congress was meeting. Okay, so Philadelphia and the Constitutional Convention, and they had this um, number of places with statements. And this Supreme Court justice said, yes, the Constitution is the supreme law of the land, but this, the Supreme Court decides what the interpretation is, which to some that might be offensive, but to some it might actually be valid. Now, we, we look at a situation here where uh, there are certain principles of liberty already in place. For example, trial by jury, the famous Bushel case of 1680. Um, a gentleman was on trial for saying bad things about a king. And he was uh, on a soapbox, he was a preacher, and he was saying bad things about a king, and pretty soon an assembly of people gathered. And he was citing religious uh, statements. And so he was practicing his freedom of religion, freedom of speech, as well as freedom of assembly from the people gathered around him. Mr. Bushel was a juror who protected this preacher, and the preacher was just lambasting the king. Well, the problem with him doing that was the king didn't like it, and the king had killed people before him, the same king, killed people for saying such bad things about him. Um, of course, they went to trial by jury, which, you know, from even before the Magna Carta in 1215, and so uh, Bushel and other jurors said, no, we're not going to send this guy to death for giving his opinion about the king. And so they finally uh, prevailed, even though the king threw him in uh, the dungeon for a few days without food and water, public up, up, uproar. I, I'm getting to the Constitution, by the way, and the Bill of Rights. So what happened was uh, the king says, okay, 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 we'll let the jury out and I'll live with their ruling. They really said, not guilty. And the man they spared was William Penn who had later found Pennsylvania a colony. Well, the trial by jury through the court system, courts, more courts, more courts, um, and you had Howell State Trial 1719, which is a compilation of the British law going back to like the, I want to say the 1500s, no, actually before that, the 1100s, 1100s to 1719, um, and that was a lot of what the Supreme Court justices studied, which was the spirit of the law, by the way, with trial by jury. So, yes, they codified it in the... Uh, um, the what, Sixth Amendment and also in the Constitution tri trial by jury. Now, it was a short sentence about trial by jury, but back then everybody knew what it was in 1788, 1789, etc. They all knew what it was, but when there became disputes about trial by jury, they would go back to the British history. Someone's got a dog. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, that's a dog. They get excited when any, anybody comes up the road here. So, so the job of a good justice is to look back into the origin of how a, a certain phrase, sentence, or even a word came into the Constitution. It just so happened trial by jury is, is a good example of bringing it forward to, to today. We still have jury nullification powers. And that's where we, the people, decide if the government's going to put somebody in jail or not. And there have been many other things. Oh, by the way, the, the famous Bushel case, with William Penn, 
um, that established our right of free speech, freedom of assembly, and, and freedom of religion through the courts. And it's kind of interesting how they kind of forgot about that. They didn't put that in the Bill of Rights um, when when they got the Constitution approved. Um, and people screamed, hey, 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 what about the Bill of Rights? Whoops, sorry about that, guys. We'll get there right out to you. And they did. Um, so the Supreme Court's job is to consistently look back way into history to find out the spirit of the law. Another one more recently is asset seizure. So you... Um, Government thinks you're doing a crime. Grab everything he owns. Grab everything. Just grab absolutely everything. And guess what? You can't afford an attorney. And guess what? You're toast. You're just toast. Well, they actually, uh, Supreme Court recently overturned um, the regulations and standards because they went back, way back, I think into the early 1700s, late 1600s, and said, look, you cannot grab someone's assets until they have. Yeah, you there can't you say something so, like that, uh, Kelly, until Bard's logic after dark. By the way. Oh, it does that barking. <laughs> no, no, you can't grab someone's assets. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Okay. That's funny. So anyway, there are, you know, and there's, and Dr. Tolbert, one thing I've I've observed, and this is a stunning, uh, animating contest of liberty, which Jefferson talked about, is that. There are good men that wants to, they want to write our liberties on paper, like the Constitution, Bill of Rights, uh, Declaration, etc. Good men want to have the people's liberties written down and made as law. However, there are evil men that want to keep our liberties from making it on paper and becoming law. It has been almost an internal fight. Um, here's another example of the spirit of the law, the, um, you know, reading your Miranda rights. Well, that was actually judicial activism from the bench, but in a positive good sense to protect people's rights, because sometimes, um, and I've, I've heard firsthand stories, local public defender works for the county, they will, the police will take somebody aside and badger the heck out of them and get a confession. A local case, the guy was a cold case, it was like 30 plus years ago, he was in another county. But they badgered him so much that he says, I'll say whatever you want to. Want to. You know, and they made a guy confess to something he never did. But see, there is your Miranda rights. You know, they have to read you your right to remain silent. Um, and that's the spirit of the law. Now, there are people who have perverted the spirit of the law. You know, oh, separation of church and state. It's not in the First Amendment. It's a letter to the Danbury Baptist Church that Thomas Jefferson wrote. And the spirit of that was that we're not going to fund a religious organization like the Church of England that became a tyrant who was killing people. So we're not taking people's tax dollars and giving it to a church that's going to kill people. But at the same time, we're not going to interfere with your right to practice your religion. But, of course, the left has claimed living, breathing documents, spirit of the law, and they perverted it. So the challenge, when you look back in, into British history, the laws that came in across the ocean, the challenge is to find the good spirit of the law that protects our liberties that is called out by the Constitution and clarified by the Supreme Court. So it's it's quite fascinating that, that the, the founders, it would have been nice if they would have been more clear what oh, they did in the Federalist Papers, Anti-Federalist Papers, and all sorts of commentary they made. But these commentaries didn't make it as law. Back to that struggle again of putting our rights and liberties down on pen, making it a law versus men who would prevent that. 
but it's it's been a historical interesting thing because you you go to certain vagueness in the Constitution, and the Supreme Court has to be how do we clarify this? How do we make a ruling uh, based on what we know? And there again, you have uh, wicked judges and you have good judges who will um, protect the people's liberties um, under the shadow of the Constitution, and you have people that would pervert the people's liberties and take it away. The whole, the whole fast, it's, it's such a fascinating war because of the amount of interpretation possible. The amount of interpretation, it all depends upon the heart of man, whether they're going to be good or evil. Yeah, so that's Kelly, one of the reasons why we're we're in a position that we're at. Yeah, and Kelly, you understand what you just said is that the Supreme Court can only interpret. They cannot make the law. And what's happening with our Supreme Court, they're actually making laws and they're not doing the interpretation. So that's one of the fallacies that we're having uh, with the entire situation. We just did a nine-page paper sending it out to 21 uh, groups, which is cons- uh, consumers fraud, which is credit bureaus. And we actually went to the Constitution, and everything you just stated is actually the credit bureaus, the fraudulently reporting and not giving you the right to defend yourselves. So when we write an article, we go back to the Constitution, we look at what the Constitution is saying, and then we go back to the Supreme Court. But the Supreme Court takes the position that I have to go to a lawyer court in order to get to the Supreme Court. Well, actually, if you look at the outline of the Supreme Court, I have a right to go directly to the Supreme Court. So our current judges in the Supreme Court are not even aware of their responsibilities when they violate the First Amendment and they make a decision based on the 14th Amendment or they go against the 10th Amendment. And a good example would be the state of Florida said marriage was one man and one woman. And the Supreme Court went against the state of Florida. Well, they can't go against the state of Florida. And they did it anyway with their own interpretation. So our Supreme Court is totally out of order, not doing its job. And their only job is to interpret. And then Congress has to rewrite or reposition themselves to make the law. And that's what's not happening with our Supreme Court. Well, yeah, it's interesting is this battle, even with dissenting opinions. Um, let's see, there's Scalia and there was the other guy, Antonion. No, um, what's his name? He's a neat guy, but he he basically said about marriage, what's the state's rights issue? What are we doing here? So I mean, even, even amongst themselves, they disagree. And there is a mechanism. Um, there is a mechanism. Uh, to hold the Supreme Court accountable, um, Supreme Court Justice Samuel Chase was was impeached by the House of Representatives, but he was withheld by in the Senate, so he stayed in office. Um, so that system of removal from office by impeachment and then trial in the Senate is a way to remove these jokers. But guess what? Our Congress these days doesn't have the kahunas to do that, so they're going to let whatever happened happen. And, oh, well, that's just those guys over there, whatever, we don't care. Back to making money and, and uh, defrauding the American people and not falling through their campaign promises and doing anything about health care or whatever we're doing, you know, to get reelected. It, 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 the system gotten really perverse from the intentions. And the founders really 
um, designed the Constitution for uh, what they considered as a moral people. Je uh, Benjamin Franklin was asked, what have you been doing today in this Constitutional Convention? We're developing a republic if you can keep it. Well, he meant a republic is where you have a charter at the top, not democracy where three lions and two lambs, lambs are deciding what for lunch. Um, so if you can keep it, and they knew the only way to keep it, a solid, strong, good government and less government, small government, was through the morality of the people. And, of course, that whole, has, um, that, that, that weakness has been capitalized on. And so we have this big mess that we are right now. Um, I was telling a friend that earlier today, I said, you know, in the 1800s, say it was like, you know, 1810, people would care a lot more about who their governor is and who their state house reps are than the president. It, it's so upside down. If we were to do a time travel thing by taking um, uh, somebody from, you know, say, 1810 and, and time travel up to today and we show him what the government is, he's going to be like, I'm going to grab my musket. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go to war. It's like, dude. You, you got to wake up a lot of people on your toes because, you know, these AR-15s are, what's an AR-15, you know? So they would be shocked because, yeah, the president, okay, who's president, who cares? They didn't think of it back then the way we think of things now. And, you know, everybody, back then they knew that if you elect your state house reps, they were the ones who would decide who was your senator going to the United States. And there wasn't much attention on the presidents. Um so we have lost so much focus, distraction, it's so many possible to to pervert the system that the founders intended to what it is today, but yet we're still standing as a country for how long, I don't know. But I, I want to let some other people comment for a while. Yeah, yeah well, actually, well, let's go ahead. Well, 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 let's go ahead and keep things on topic. Uh, and so the way I'm going to do that here is I do have an audio uh, that I'm going to play here, uh, the, the second part two of this uh, with Newt, and we'll make some commentary. We are at the uh, the bottom of the second hour, uh, and so for those who are on the line, just push the one on your number dial. Uh, we'll let you, uh, we'll get you into the show, and then I've got some some other posting uh, to do here, and then I do have an article continuing off our co our conversation uh, that again you could find on the Bard's Logic Political Talks uh, newsroom page. And this article is uh, – we'll read, be going through this later. House conservatives gunning – speaking of guns, uh, House conservatives are muskets. House conservatives gunning for probe of James Comey and Hillary Clinton. And this is an article from July 25th. But first, let's go ahead and hear that second part of the audio of uh, Newt Gurgunch on uh, Mueller and this, the investigation. Mr. President, I think about what, what you just heard there, and the president's attorney mentioned that this week, the selective leaks to damage the president. To me, if the Obama holdovers aren't removed now, if the deep state, those that have been leaking, aren't dealt with and prosecuted now, and the, and the attorney general mentioned just one prosecution, but there are others, and I think at a much higher level. To me, they got a minnow, and they really need to get the great whites. I don't think this ever ends for the president, and he doesn't get the. I'm glad I can make you. La I'm glad I can make you laugh. You like a very colorful analogy. Well, no, but if no, we don't no, get no, these no, top no, people, it's dangerous. But this. But let me be clear. This is not about the president or getting the president. I, I agree with General Kelly, the, the Secretary of Homeland Security, who said about a week ago, many of these verge on treason. I mean, this is about the survival and the safety 
of the United States of America and the people of the United States. I don't care if you're pro-Trump or you're anti-Trump. There is no excuse for people taking on themselves the right to take secrets and release them. And candidly, there's no excuse for the news media picking them up and printing them. Uh, we've gotten into this entire cycle of, I think, unpatriotic behavior in which people are utterly Illegal. irresponsible. And I think they should be prosecuted. I think it should be aggressive and vigorous. Uh, and I, I, I frankly think, for example, everybody in the White House should have to go through a session on what the secrecy laws are. I think all new political appointees should have to go through a session on what the secrecy laws are and what the consequences but, will be if you violate them. You know, we know crimes were committed. One was committed against General Flynn in a violation of the Espionage Act. We know these leaks with all of this raw intelligence, they're all illegal acts. And I'm looking at Robert Mueller, and I'm, I see similarities to Patrick Fitzgerald, who knew on day one it was Richard Armitage. What, what did that go on for, three years? Here Mueller knows today there's no obstruction. Here he knows today the president was not involved in collusion. Here he knows today that he wasn't being investigated. And he's hiring all of these Obama, Clinton supporters, donors, and even Clinton's attorney to go well, after the president? How? This is bad. And well, and remember who appoints Fitzpatrick. It's James Comey, who at that time is an assistant attorney general. And he knows when he does it. He knows that Richard Armitage of the State Department was the leak. He knows that none of it was illegal. There was no crime involved. And he appoints Fitzpatrick anyway. Fitzpatrick then says to Armitage, be quiet. And he goes after Dick Cheney's chief of staff, Scooter Libby, because what he wants to do is coerce Libby into turning on the vice president. And Libby, who's and an honorable man, trap. refuses to do so. And, that's and, why, that's so why that's I worry dangerous. about the team that Mueller's assembling. I don't think they're going to get Trump, but I, would, I think they're going to get other people, because when you're involved in this kind of criminal investigation, people who have the power of the government can set you up for all sorts of secondary charges and can ruin your life and can bankrupt you hiring lawyers. And I think this Mr. is a Speaker, bad deal. This is a bad deal. I think there's great danger here. There's also investigative creep, as we call it. He starts out investigating right. one thing. It goes on for three years. He ends up with somebody falling into a perjury trap because they didn't remember. They made a mistake. Nobody gets to revise and extend their remarks, if you will. So the question is, what do Republicans do now, knowing there's no obstruction, knowing there's no collusion? I think, Shouldn't this I be think, shut down? Look, I think the two, the two intelligence committees have an easy task. You bring in Mueller, and you say to him, how often did you talk with Comey? How often did you swap information with Comey? Did you review Comey's testimony before he gave it? How many of Comey's uh, various memos did you get out, out of regular order? I mean, I think you start with this whole question. I, I, I was initially in favor of Mueller, and I, given his past record, I initially I, I tweeted favorable things. But the minute Comey explained with enormous arrogance that he had deliberately leaked a memo for the purpose of forcing a special counsel who just happens That's to it. be his close friend, from that you minute know, on, I thought, the fix is in, and this is really sick. I want to go back to one of the earlier questions I asked you tonight, and that was the, the, the five different groups that I argue are after Trump, starting with the deep state. And I want to tie it to something. You have this new book out today, and I think you, you have probably the keenest insight. Nobody thought that Trump would beat 16 other 
people in a primary. The media never thought that Donald Trump would be president. They're still in a state of shock, but there's also a state of anger and revenge that has emerged. And now it's about them, as you've described in this program before, them waking up every day. And how can we, how can we destroy him now? Now, in the process, the American people are being hurt. The millions in poverty on food stamps out of the labor force. Well, that's true. And it hit me today trying to explain when you look at, at, at a tax-paid play in New York City, which has the assassination of the president and the first lady, when you look at a so-called comedian holding the head of the president bleeding, the, the closest analogy I can come to is Arthur Miller's great play, The Crucible, which is about the witchcraft trials in Salem in the late 17th century. And it's that kind of mood. That, that's a play about mass hysteria. It's a play about people who suddenly decided that their neighbors were rich of witches and had to be burned at the stake. You're seeing a, an entire process of psychological dislocation on the left leading to behaviors that no reasonable person, I, I even find now liberal reporters beginning to flinch uh, when, when, they, when they see things like this play where the president is assassinated and the first lady is assassinated. Uh, there's a sickness. It's a, and when you look at, at, at Kathy Grant and, and her uh, holding up the president's head, there's a sickness out there that's beginning to sink into people and they're beginning to realize how really bad it is. And I think you're even going to see moderate liberals begin to split away and say, that's crazy and you've got to quit doing it. But that's no, the move I, I that would like to agree me. with you. I respectfully disagree. There's mm -hmm. no evidence. It gets worse and worse. You know, imagine for almost 11 months now, the media just lying to the American people yeah. with no evidence. The people on that very committee today say no evidence of collusion and sanctimoniously, you know, creating smoke where there is none. But all right, it's called Understanding Trump. Bookstores everywhere. Amazon.com. Mr. Speaker, thanks for being with Great us. Great to be with you, sir. Okay, and we have Joe on the line, and before we go to uh, the article that I uh, promised, we will go ahead and get Joe on the line because we want to be able to get folks in uh, before the top of the hour. Uh, and if you uh, are on the line, don't let those phones uncharge if that's what you're on because, unfortunately, after the stroke of midnight here Eastern Time, if the call drops, you will not be able to uh, get back into the show. So let's go ahead and make sure those are charged. And at this time, let's go ahead and welcome Joe. Thank you very much, Joe, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? How are you guys doing? Good, good. Well, I only hear you. Whatever happened to uh, the person who was like a uh, de facto co-host, and I think your wife was on the show last time? Oh, no. No, that was uh, – uh, no, it's just me. <laughs> oh, just and then I've got – okay. uh, there was Cindy on. There was all kinds. No, I didn't, I didn't have uh, any – Anyone besides me on this, you know, and our, our panelists here and guests and things of that <laughs> nature. But uh, we, we do have a number of folks. But well, Dr. Tolbert's on. We also oh, have. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. He was the guest, and you had somebody else on, and you had a woman on. But in any case, how are you doing? Good, good. Uh, just you know, I mean, we kind of tired of talking about this, but we have to until I guess things get resolved. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. As a libertarian, I've been talking for years, um, and I'm and I'm, I'm always saying I'm giving up on the American people. They they're just not getting it, you know. But you know, I, I keep saying it, and 
I keep reverting back to my old uh, instincts about um, trying to make people wake up. But, you know, it's kind of a hard thing. Like I said before, when you, got me, when you had me in the green room, I liked the clip. Um, it's strange that I'm agreeing with Hannity and Gingrich now for the past year, because uh, now that I support Trump, I didn't vote for him. I was worried about his temperament and his finger on the button, but when he um, uh, used the tomahawks and did not put um, uh, boots on the ground, I knew that he, had, he was a person who could show restraint. So um, I like him. I'm a little bit better now um, in terms of his propensity towards war. So, And I've always liked his economic policies, even though a lot of other people didn't agree with them. But this, this is madness. I think... America's gone to the dogs. Gingrich is right when he's talking about um, on Broadway they're having um, a play about Trump and the wife being assassinated. Eh, you know. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, some other time I wouldn't have minded. You know, I mean, you want to put Trump, you want to put Washington in there, that's fine. If you want to make a statement trying to make um, a modern um, analogy to the uh, to the classic about uh, Caesar, fine. But it's too convenient to have that kind of play, along with Kathy Griffin, who just blatantly wants to show off the president being dead by a beheaded head. Um, it's, it's too blatant that the sickness, as Gingrich talks about and Handy talks about, is already set into the American mindset. If you ever ask people, what is it about Trump specifically, give me three examples of what Trump has said or done that makes you feel so angry towards him, you will not get a rational answer. You'll get, well, he said this, and that by itself makes you think that he's dividing the nation, and you never get rational responses to why they hate Trump. They're just being brainwashed because somebody said they didn't like Trump. It was in the media. They absorbed what the media says practically um, Look, line and sinker, and America has gone to the dogs. You know, that's my opinion. Oh, well, I tell you what, I actually got a, an article that you know, because I was going over the the articles I have here on the the Bart's Logic Political Talk website, uh, namely the newsroom I have there, uh, where we've uh, garnered all, you know a lot of different articles that we have for tonight's show. But I had one. I won't talk. I won't read the article, but it is one I'm actually going to save to a friend of mine. Um, Whereas, you know, he was on the other side. He voted for Hillary Clinton, and mm-hmm. you know, and then and him and his wife. I mean, good friends of of mine. I mean, known him for years. You know, five mm-hmm. years. Right. Uh, and uh, she she unfriended me on Facebook, and <laughs> really? him and I don't talk anymore. And and I'm I'm going to give I'm, I'm actually going to send him this article I I, I have, and and may, maybe other people want. You know, as I said, you could get this from the. Uh, the Bard's Logical Talks website, the newsroom page. Uh-huh. And let's see if I can find it here. Um, it says, You're not the only uh, one that has that. That, that that's happened to. I've yeah. heard um, that other, you know, that's, it's, a, it's a phenomenon now that people are being unfriended because they voted for Trump to support him. Oh, yeah. And, and there's the articles, I unfriend you. Polling shows half of liberal Democrats trouble by socializing with uh, Trump voters. I think there's a, a Breitbart article you could find on the newsroom there. But yeah, uh-huh. so I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna copy the link, and I am gonna send it to him and, and put, put the title. Is this what happened with us? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and put it in there because I mean, a, a dear friend of mine, and I thought. Uh, but anyway, it's it's unbelievable. Go go ahead, Joe. 
Now, I'm sorry that that kind of thing happened. That's, I mean, people should not let politics divide their friendships. If the friendships are really good, they should be. They should be able to withstand stuff like political ideology, ideological differences. Okay, so you're a Democrat, I'm a Republican. You're a Libertarian. You're an anarchist. You're a communist. Why don't we just sit down together and discuss it? But the reason why, in my opinion, um, that the person probably unfriended you along with his wife was that he probably knew deep down that you were right, and he couldn't defend himself. Yeah, that's what I think. When, I mean, he, he didn't unfriend me. We, we just stopped talking, stopped going to dinner, stopped going to ball games. I mean, we just don't talk, don't text, don't anything, uh, don't email. Um, I mean, nothing. There's been no communications. Now, he hasn't unfriended me, and I think the reason he didn't unfriend me on Facebook was just for the very fact that he doesn't use it much. But his mm-hmm. wife did, and uh, she would make posts, and then I would, you know, do counter posts to her. Uh-huh. And I guess she got tired of it, so she decided to just unfriend yeah, her. Yeah, and uh, probably, and probably influenced her husband, who was a friend of yours, to let's not hang out with uh, Bart anymore. You know. Yeah, may have, may have. I mean, that's unfortunate, but uh, you're right. That that may have been. Uh, what happened? I don't know. Well, if he's but... not much of a good friend, I would I would advise you to reach out to him and say, look, we have ideological differences, but let's not let that get in the way of our friendship of these many years. We don't have to talk about politics when we go out to the ball game uh, or go out to dinner or go to see a show. So we can talk about other stuff, and then we can, you know, ease our way back into it sometime later. You know, and he, he well, might I mean, pick actually, up on it's been that. more than five years. I'm sorry. It's been actually our friendship was more than five years. It's been 2005, so it's been 12 uh, years. 12 years. <laughs> He's a friend of mine for 12 years, and now that we have an election, Donald Trump gets elected, and now we're not friends. Anymore. Can you it's imagine? crazy. I know. I know. I've told people that you know it takes two years to build a friendship and 20 seconds to ruin it. <laughs> yeah. It's just the way that people are. You know. Uh, you know. Uh, it's crazy. People will defend their, not just politics, but they will defend their beliefs, even to the point of getting into a barroom fight over their beliefs, instead of saying, you know what, maybe you have a point, maybe, uh, you know, we can agree to disagree. I like go. that. I like that. I, people have said that to me. You know, we can agree to disagree, and then we just move on, you know? And talk about something we might have in common, because we got to have I mean, we're friends. We have to have had something in common yeah. in for us to have been, been friends other than, you know, we didn't become Absolutely. friends because of our political situation, you know, That's ideology. Right. That's right. So with, with, I have uh, a feeling, I have a feeling he'll, he'll get, he, he'll get back to you if you reach out to him. I have a feeling it's the wife. The wife was proactive in unfriending you. So, you know. Hey, yeah, Robert. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Bummer you lost a friend. Sometimes on Facebook, if I get in, when things start escalating a little bit, I'll uh, send a PM to somebody, hey, let's talk on the phone. And things completely change. On Facebook, you know, you can write nasty things about people, and it gets really nasty, and it's like, I, I'm, I'm just not into that. I'd rather call somebody and get it resolved right away. But as a libertarian, I find a lot of people open up to me on the left and the right. You know, <clears throat> um, you know again, yeah, I like Donald Trump, but I didn't vote for him, but the um, uh, you know the Tea Party, you know, I can mingle with them pretty easily. And then you got uh, got Bernie Sanders clients. One of them was freaking out, thinking that that, that uh, Trump was uh, going to be Adolf Hitler. And like, no, 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 no. Our Constitution prevents that. 
Germany didn't have that. I mean, literally, she had a sigh of relief like she hadn't seen sunlight for a few days. But as a libertarian, I see people open up to me on both sides, and I'm like, well, you know, I think about this, or, you know, I want to look at that, or, you know, where'd you hear that? You know, it's... I value, um, like the gentleman just talking, I value friendships over, over politics, and just, hey, it's fine, we're going to have a disagreement, okay? Let's talk about the weather. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I did want to talk about sessions, which is interesting. I realized something today. You know, people are wondering why hasn't uh, uh, why hasn't Sessions gone after Hillary? And even there's a group of congressmen uh, uh, trying to have an amendment of some type so that uh, special counsel can be appointed. It's already in the Constitution. It's already in the United States uh, codes. The Congress called for special counsel. Um, but he, one one congressman, I can't remember his guy's name. Well, you sent that to me, Robert. Basically, he was saying. We're sick and tired of all this distraction with the Russia stuff, and the real issue is Hillary and the stuff she's got going on. And so Trump's talking about getting rid of session. Well, there's another element to this that's uh, maybe very bizarre. Um, Comey, uh, FBI director, working with uh, Loretta Ledge, the attorney general, um, she uh, they may have gotten Hillary Clinton immunity. What's immunity? Well, immunity is used when you're a, a, a small in the totem pole, you're low down and somebody way up high like a kingpin, kingpin drug dealer. So you're a witness, but they really don't want you, they want the big guy. So they give you immunity, you testify, and there's the evidence they need to put the bad guy like Al Capone behind bars. So they give you immunity. Well, they may have done some really dirty trick to give Hillary immunity, but it takes a federal judge. Comey can't grant immunity, the Justice Department can't grant immunity, who can grant immunity would have only a federal judge. So they may have went to a very corrupt judge who gave her immunity, and therefore she cannot be prosecuted. And that might be what Jeff Sessions is facing. I don't know. But it gets very bizarre because once, let's suppose Hillary um, testified somewhere because she had immunity, it's all written down. I mean, once you have immunity, you can basically say, yeah, I killed 40 million people and uh, I made Adolf Hitler, and since I have immunity, he can't touch me. Um, it's a very bizarre thing because then the next thing is, well, can't you appeal it? Ooh, that gets into a very bizarre thing. Can you appeal and overturn an immunity? Oi, that gets into some of the uh, Fifth Amendment's rights of self-incrimination. Well, they did self-incriminate because they had immunity, and to violate this, it's a really hard constitutional question, and something the Supreme Court would have to work out, but I've never heard of a case where immunity was overturned. It's a very hard thing to do. Um, you know, is, is that perpetual immunity or immunity just from that particular issue on that case? Well, if she commits a new, if she commits a new crime, like kills somebody and commits grand theft auto, then, okay, your immunity did not apply to that. Your new crime, sorry, you're going to go to jail for that. The rest of your stuff, you're not. So Sessions might be in a position where he has realized she has immunity and she can't be prosecuted. Yeah, that wouldn't that, wouldn't that come out in the news? You don't think anyone would have caught on to that and, and, and it, it gotten out in the, on the news? Maybe not the mainstream media, but... You would think so, see, but... Um, I, I'm, I'm scratching my head, because why Why didn't they... Why didn't they... And finally, you know, congressmen are getting together and let's go after her. Come on, what's the deal? Well, um, well and that... 
Well, I was going to say, and that's, that's a good segue to uh, this, this article I do have here. But first, uh, sound like uh, Joe wants to chime in. Go ahead, Joe, and then I'll go to this article. Yeah, well, I wanted to answer his question. Why doesn't Congress go after him? Because Congress is corrupt. Congress, all, uh, let's say 98% of Congress, is corrupt. Do you know that there are websites published by the Democrat Party and the Republican Party which condemn the other side for their, um, uh, for their felons? In other words, people in Congress who have actually been convicted of a crime. And I think per capita... Congress is something like, uh, if it was compared to the um, to the poorest and the most um, crime-filled cities in America, Congress would be something like third on the list. It has a high proportion of people who have been convicted um, in Congress, 435 people. So out of 435 people, you know, something like 10% or 40 have been convicted over the years of felons. Now, I'm a, I'm a person who believes in the cockroach theory. If you see one cockroach, that means there are hundreds that you don't see. So if you've convicted, <laughs> you know, if you've convicted one of these cockroaches, <laughs> there's more than a few of them who should have been convicted. That's one heck of a uh, analogy there, <laughs> yeah, Jill. Now, this was, uh, and speaking of that, as I said, I, I think both your, your comments are a good segue to this next article right here. And uh, remember, folks, there's only four minutes to the top of the hour. Uh, so, uh, unfortunately, if you lose your call, we will not be able to get you back into the show. Uh, so, if that happens after another three minutes, uh, you won't be able to get in. So, let's keep those, uh, those phones charged. But we've got here, it says, uh, House conservatives gunning for a probe of James Comey and Hillary Clinton. A group of House conservatives has filed an amendment asking the Justice Department for information related to former FBI Director James Comey's handling of Hillary Clinton's email case. And this is uh, an article from July 25th, so it is is recent. The amendment, first reported by the Washington Post, demands information on leaks by James B. Comey on the propriety and consequence of immunity, and so you talk about immunity, Immunity deals given to possible Hillary Clinton conspirators and Comey's decision to usurp the authority of then-Attorney General Loretta Lynch in his unusual announcement that criminal charges would not be brought against Clinton. Uh, Representative Andy Biggs, representative of Arizona, a co-sponsor of the amendment, told the Washington Examiner he aims to push back against accusations that are distracting from the agenda of President Trump and Republicans in Congress. The bottom line is we are tired of passively letting people make accusations to overcrowd our agenda, and they ought to respond to claims we know exist about their misconduct. Biggs said in an interview referring to Clinton and other Democrats targeted in the amendment, including Susan Rice, former President Barack Obama's national security advisor. The amendment requires the Justice Department to appoint a special counsel to explore the Justice Department and FBI's handling of the Clinton email investigation. For the past several years, Democrats have obstructed justice and blocked every congressional investigation imaginable. Representative Jim Jordan, uh, Republican Ohio, another sponsor of the amendment, in a statement to the Washington Examiner. Both parties have criticized James Comey over the past year for his performance as FBI director. Even Senator Feinstein says there should be an investigation 
into Miranda Lynch and James Comey's handling of the Clinton investigation. Let's have a special counsel for that and see how serious congressional Democrats are about getting to the truth. The amendment also sponsored by Representative Matt Goetz of Florida, Republican, and Mike Johnson, Republican of Louisiana, will be attached to a bill. From Representative Pramila Jayapal, Democrat Washington, that requests the Justice Department provide documents relating to Comey's firing. In recent days, Trump has complained on Twitter that Attorney General Jeff Sessions has not moved to investigate Clinton on other issues unrelated to her use of private email server while she was Secretary of State. However, when he was President-elect, Trump said he would not pursue a new investigation of Clinton. I don't want to hurt the Clintons. I really don't, Trump told reporters in November. She went through a lot and suffered greatly in many different ways, and I'm not looking to hurt them at all. The campaign was vicious. The conservative-authorized amendment asked the Justice Department to explain why the FBI did not further investigate Clinton for selling access to U.S. and this is quote, selling access to U.S. State Department through Clinton Foundation donations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Biggs insisted he and his colleagues did not file the amendment to do the bidding of Trump. This is a matter of seeking justice, Biggs said. It's what this is always about. If you don't seek justice, people lose faith and confidence in the representatives. In addition to Clinton and Comey, the amendment targets Rice, and some conservatives argue, inappropriately sought the identity of people close to Trump in a process known as unmasking. His communications were captured after the election in surveillance by foreigners by U.S. spy agencies. The conservative co-sponsors asked the Justice Department to say whether Comey had advanced knowledge of Rice unmasking request. Other information sought includes communication between Comey and Special Counsel Robert Mueller before the Senate Intelligence Committee hearing last month, in which the former FBI director described his interactions with Trump and evidence of any or all, in quotes, leaked by Comey to New York Times reporter Michael Schmidt dating to 1993. Schmidt broke the story detailing memos that Kemi wrote about his conversation uh, with Trump. So that's the article there. And again, that you can find uh, on the Bard's Logic Political Talk webpage on the newsroom. So what we'll do is get our comments here first. Uh, we'll bring uh, Joe back in for that, and then Dr. Tolbert, and then you, John, and then uh, Kelly. And then I do have see some other folks at the line if you just want to listen in to where we are now in Bard's logic uh, after dark, uh, which means that although uh, the live portion uh, is uh, not on its way any longer, we are still going to be part of the podcast, uh, so we are still on the recording for that. And so those who want to listen, we appreciate that. Also appreciate if you share out tonight's link, and if you want to chime in, push the one on your number dial, and I'll get you into the show. Let's go ahead and start it back with you, John. Uh, John, Joe. Go ahead, Joe. Okay. Um, I think everybody in Congress, including Trump, should be investigated. But they should be investigated by um, people who are rational, who are honest, who want to have to see justice actually done. I don't think that's ever been done in the last 20, 30, 40, maybe even 50 years. Everybody in Congress has a political agenda, and even though they make themselves look 
fairly pristine to their constituents. Those people who know about um, the way Congress is run, um, we know that you know you just can't get something honestly done in Congress. Otherwise, it would have been done. I have a saying. How many times does the Titanic have to sink in front of you before you realize it's sabotage? You know, you're not just hitting the iceberg over and over and over again. If you are, you've got the mind of a retard or it's sabotage. So these people, these congressmen, they've been there for 10, 20, 30 years. They know what the political climate is like. They know what their actions have done. They know what their uh, other people's actions have done, and they haven't sought any way to correct it except through smoke and mirrors. And then they always want to panel new panels, have new um, investigations, um, have another congressional hearing over there, and then they um, then they um, bullshit their constituents about, well, we haven't done it the way that we should have done it, but we're going to do it right now. And mm-hmm. it's full of crap. Yeah, we hear that one. Yeah, and especially with Obamacare. I mean, it's very evident with Obamacare. So I wanted to say that and give the other guys on the line a chance to talk, because otherwise I will talk all night. <laughs> and I wish we had the hours to do so. <laughs> we'll keep, of course, your line open, Joe, as <laughs> we do on this show. Uh, but unfortunately, we only have about 50 minutes before it's a closing ballot, and probably less than that before we get to take closing comments. But still, we still have about 45 before that. So let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Dr. Tolbert. Yeah, what I'd like to do is just bring up two points. Number one, I want to give you the Judge Neil G-O-R-S-U-C-H, the new Supreme Court Justice, uh, number one, First Street, Northeast, Washington, D.C., 20543. I'm asking for all constituents to write him a direct letter of protest of what's going on with the other Supreme Court Justice. Number two, that we're having Republicans call in on different radio stations that I'm on on Monday, and they're disguising themselves. We had a guy call in. uh, He named himself Mike. We asked him if he was running for office, and he said no. But we did a voice check, and it was actually Alan West um, talking about the conservatives, libertarians, and why you should continue to vote for Republicans and how that uh, we're not conservatives and we're allowing libertarians to run. So we have to be cautious who we listen to. We have to be cautious what we're listening to. And when we answer surveys, we actually went through a survey that was put out by the Republicans, and we dissected the survey of 20 questions, and we gave the constitutional answers for why a person should not take a survey. And we posted that on our website also, calledtoduty.org. We just posted other things, which you're talking about tonight. We put one on there about the Veterans Administration, the Choice Program, uh, what we're talking about on the Constitution. People need to read it. Uh, You know, we went out with, we think that... uh, the Constitution from the Amendment 13 through 27 needs to be relooked at by the Supreme Court, uh, that it needs to be given consideration that it's already covered, uh, that we've uh, taken away state rights under the 14th Amendment and other amendments in the Constitution, 
the fact that the uh, Supreme Court or the Congress is not going after uh, individuals, but what's even worse, that the American people aren't filing grievances against what's going on and that you can actually file these grievances. Uh, we can be on talk shows and, like, you know, we have a million followers on this website uh, called org. We have thousands of followers on other sites. So every this show tonight will get out in front of people, and we feel that, you know, Donald Trump will get a hold of this ready to show tonight. And hopefully he will readjust his staff, as we're being told, is going to happen in November. And, of course, my resume is sitting there, as are other people that are not Democrats or Republicans, and that the president needs to relook at the people that are in his staff that are from the old school versus people that want to enforce the U.S. Constitution. Uh, hopefully he'll take and relook at his authority of replacing the deputy uh, attorney general, uh, bringing charges against Mueller uh, under violations that treason will be placed against the Clintons. Uh, all these other things are a distraction from running America, and that's the whole intent. Everything you're hearing about Trump, everything you're hearing about Clintons, everything you're hearing about Mueller, all this is taking you out of the fact of Agenda 21. It's taking you out of the fact of the trade pact agreements. It's not talking about the pipeline between uh, Canada and Mexico, which is being dominated by they're taking a land lease and you don't have authority over your own land. Uh, they're not talking about Venezuela, where China and Russia are now taking over Venezuela and the poverty in Venezuela. Uh, there's no discussion about the 50,000 Haitians that are being sent home, but 1.5 million. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.